It would be a night of murder, they'd been told. And there'd be lemon squares, too. The group, mostly women, gathered in a half-circle, some in the old leather chairs that bookstore browsers coveted, and others in the folding chairs the bookstore owner, Archie Brandley, had set up for the special event. At the other end of the cozy loft, narrow aisles separated wooden bookcases that rose nearly to the ceiling. One section was crammed with mysteries, the spines straight and proud, a perfect background for the night of crime. Danny Brandley sat in the center of the open area, hunched forward with his elbows on his knees, his sea-blue eyes greeting acquaintances and strangers as they claimed their chairs. A wrinkled denim shirt, the sleeves rolled up to his elbows showed off an early summer tan. On the floor, near scuffed boat shoes, a few notes on scattered yellow sheets indicated that Danny wasn't much for formal talks. Izzy had called it a discussion, and he'd taken his friend at her word. The loft in Archie and Harriet Brandley's bookstore was packed with a larger-than-usual group. People chatted familiarly, helping themselves to iced tea or wine and cookies or smooth, luscious lemon bars from a large red platter. They shuffled chairs and pulled needles and yarn from fat cloth bags. Henrietta O'Neill, balancing her squat body with one hand wrapped around a cane, told Danny that she'd read every mystery known to man— and she was ready for a new author. And that would be you, she said, her blue eyes twinkling. It's nice to have a homegrown boy who understands the fine art of murder. Her full-blown laugh caused Nell Endicott to look up from a second-row seat and laugh along with her. Sea Harbor's self-proclaimed 80-plus-year-old suffragette was in fine form. It looks like the whole town is here, Nell said to Cass Halloran. She waved to M.J. Arcado, owner of M.J.'s Hair Salon, who was finding a seat on the opposite side of the half-circle. Several of her young stylists were with her. It must be Danny's mystery author, Mystique. Not to mention his sex appeal, Cass whispered back. Well, that too. Izzy was smart to invite him. The Knitting Book Club was a product of Izzy's customers' demands. It'd be perfect— they'd assured the store owner, and with Sea Harbor Bookstore just a narrow alley away from Izzy's yarn shop, it made even more sense. Knitting, lemon bars, and mysteries. Heaven didn't get much better. So Izzy agreed, and the idea became a reality that filled Archie's loft every third Tuesday. Tonight was Danny's night. Instead of discussing a mystery novel, the group had invited a writer of one— himself a knitter, which only increased his attraction to discuss the mystery-writing process. "'Be sure to talk about where you get your ideas,' Izzy had directed. "'Everyone wants to know that.' Danny complied. When everyone quieted down, he started right in. "'People watching,' he said. "'You know, like Mary Pisano does, sitting out there on coffee's patio every day, watching the world go by.' He doffed an imaginary hat to Mary the newspaper's about-town columnist, and the group laughed, knowing that plenty of Mary's chatty columns did, indeed, come from watching customers go in and out of the coffee shop, not to mention conversations overheard at the bed and breakfast she owned over on Ravenswood Road. When you're a fiction writer, eavesdropping becomes research, he said, and another chuckle rippled around the half-circle. So, ideas come from life, I guess you would say. 
life fuels the imagination, and the next thing you know, a story unfolds. He took a drink from a water bottle and then went on. For mystery writers, a good source of ideas can come from reading up on cold cases, like on the TV show. He looked around at the half-moon of expectant faces. An example? Okay, here's what I mean. Then, the writer dropped his voice ominously and continued as if telling a ghost story. Knitting needles paused in midair while people scooched forward on their chairs to listen.